Welcome to Lakeland Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Lakeland, please visit our website at lakeland.church. Hey, 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 Lakeland. I'm so excited about today because today I'm sitting down with Brian from uh, the band Corn, and we're in the middle of the series called The Day I Died, and boy, does he have a story to tell about how his life was before Christ and what he laid down after Christ and how that's even continuing today. So I'm super excited. Give it up for Brian. Yeah, everyone is right now. They're giving it up for you. Yes. Man, I love talking about when the egoic nature goes into the ground and dies. Yes. And a new creation rises up. And that's what we're going to talk about, yeah. man. It's my whole life. And yeah. you know what? I tell my story. I've told it like over the years, hundreds of times. Yeah. And I always feel it every time because I'll never forget who I was. It was dark. It yeah. was ugly. It was m- empty. Wow. So, yeah. So take us take us kind of back all the way to the very beginning, okay? A little bit of like, where did you grow up? A little family history, if there's siblings, any kind of big, I don't know, life life-altering moments that help form kind of your beginning of life. Yeah, okay. Um, and I will... Uh, preface it to say that I did have some, it wasn't all dark. It got, <laughs> it ended up dark the last few years, but the road was actually fun, you know, to, to climb, you know, and it started in, in Bakersfield, California, where my parents were normal. My dad was a banker who turned a uh, business owner for a truck stop, Chevron. Uh-huh. He, he got into the Chevron business with my mom. So it was a normal upbringing, you know, yeah. really just kind of wasn't perfect. Right. My dad had a little drinking problem off and on and anger issues. And, you know, I, I have great memories with my dad early on, but, you know, started to, to turn when I started turning metal and he started turning uh, more to, to alcohol more and more, you know. Yeah. So kind of normal upbringing. But then uh, in, in your normal upbringing, do you have any spiritual aspect to that? Any church as a part of your upbringing? Um, we went to Episcopal Church like three times. Okay. And my mom thought it would be good to raise her kids, you know, in, in that environment. But we gave her so much hell. The kids was like, we were scared of the church. Oh, my, me and my brother would like scream. Yeah. My dad's like, I don't care if we go or not. Did so, you have any awareness of God? Did you have any kind of concept of God for in your life personally? Zero. At that point, nothing. Zero. But when I turned 12, I was getting bullied and stuff and, uh, you know, just really had a hard time with with peers. Mm -hmm. And I met this kid that lived down the street and we became good friends. It was right before high school. And this guy was named Kevin and his family were Christians. And it's the only friend in that town that really didn't like turn on me and kind of pick on me. You know, he was just nice all the time. Yeah, yeah. And um, his whole family was. And his mom, and he, at one point his mom told me about Jesus, mm-hmm. that he's a savior of the world, and I can ask him in my heart and everything. And she didn't say, like, well, I could pray with you right now or nothing like that. She just told me mm-hmm. who he was. And then my friend would come over, over his house, we'd watch, like, wrestling and just, like, all pure shows. Mm-hmm. And at my house, we'd be watching, like, like Freddy Krueger Friday the 13th, Halloween, because I was into horror movies big time. And my friend would tell me about Jesus. You know, he's like, I was a little concerned, you know. <laughs> so one one night I was at home watching some horror flick and 
it was, I know it was the Holy Spirit now, but I just stopped and I was like, if there's a savior, I should probably ask him in my heart. And I was like, we all have to die. It was just common sense to me. It was like, the logic was, if, if there's a savior, maybe there is, maybe it's real. And we all have to die. Why not ask him to save me if it's true? You know, so if it's not true, then nothing. That's at what age? Like 12. At 12. So in my head, I was like, why not? Yeah. So I just turned off the movie. I went and I kneeled down in my dad's little bathroom. And I just said, Jesus, will you come into my heart? Wow. And that was it. And then I don't really remember any magical moment or like feeling that much different. I just, I just did it. It was like I was set up. It was like God set me up for my future. And I didn't know it at all. Yeah. So there's a seed that was planted. Yeah. And the rest of the summer we hung out and then school started and we entered high school. And Kevin went right into sports and football team and all of that stuff. And I went straight to the to the stoners. Hmm. So we just went boop. It was yeah. just this one summer yeah. that God had ordained that I connected with this family to plant that seed. Yeah. And then we never hung out again, like never. Wow. I saw him in the hallways and stuff, and he, I was just a long-haired rocker, and he was a jock, you know? But oh. we had respect. We are like, hey, yeah. that's okay. <laughs> okay, so how in the world did you all actually come together and corn is formed? Um, I started, I think I started in a band. My very first band was Fieldy with the, the bass player Fieldy. Because yep. we were like tight best friends at one point. And uh, early on. And so we started a, 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 a cheesy band called Pierced with a T and uh, played one show or two shows, broke up. And then we found Monkey. So then we brought him in and started a band called Russian Roulette. After high school and graduation, Chili Peppers got really popular. Yeah. And I didn't like that type of music. It was funk. I didn't like it. I'm, I'm white as they come. I don't, I cannot bring the funk. I liked I like heavy metal stuff, you know? And so they left me and started their own band, you know? And then they moved to, to Hollywood and tried to make it. Huh. I stayed back and just, I didn't want to do that. And then I was with this girl for two years and she broke up with me. And I got, I turned to like suicidal. I was just, I didn't know what to do with that. With that. With those emotions, I never felt like that before yeah. ever in my life, and so I went and I'm, I went and visited them, and they saw how desperate I was, and they they asked me to move down with them, not what? play with them because I didn't want to. Yeah. So I hung out with them, just partied for a little bit, got more into drugs. Uh, I started messing with um, methamphetamines and acid and mushrooms a little bit. I had a couple bad trips with mushrooms, and. After that, it kind of like scared me, and so I was like, I, I need, I need, to redirect my life. Yeah. So I was gonna move back and work for Chevron with my dad and mom, learn business, take college classes, cut my hair and everything. And the guys asked me to join the band. They said, "Don't leave, man." Yeah. And I joined the band. I was like, "Dad, I'm not. I'm gonna try this music thing." So we we changed our style to like from funk to like. Uh, Alice in Chains, you yeah. know? Yep. Maybe some grunge. And um, we started writing songs, recorded a record, got a booking agent, and 
went off on the road. It was like, it's all about the road. You got to go sell your music, yeah. you know? Well, that early, your first record, what's the message? What's the story that, that you guys are, are telling and singing about at that point? It's pretty much pain. It's all comes from pain. Yeah. And I, I mean, when I think about even having listened to the, your music back in the day, I mean, I often felt a lot of like, man, there's pain within this. But what is clear is there's so many people who can relate to it. Yep. And, and I think that's why there's, there's this mass, you know, people flock to it because they're like, this is something that speaks to what I'm facing or what I'm dealing with. Um, and it was real. Yeah. Because people were drawn. Yeah, it was ugly. It was, it was messy, you know. Yep. The raw emotions, you know, in, in our music. We were one of the first, like, um, metal bands that was so real with emotions, you know? Right. And uh, it wasn't just about the song and, and the popularity and all that. It was, like, therapy for our singer. Mm -hmm. Our music was therapy. At first, so many people in radio and on MTV and record companies, you're like, that that's garbage. That's just, that's not real music, you know? And then... When the third record came out, it's like everybody liked us all of a sudden. I think our songs were more accessible, yeah, and a little bit more commercial sounding, and it just exploded, mm. and it got bigger than any of us could ever imagine. So when we got to the top, I was thankful and just tripping. How do we get here? Oh my mm. gosh, our band is so amazing, but the problems in life weren't fixed. Yeah, I still. You know, that drug addiction. And and it's crazy because I felt like the band as a whole got more unhappy when we got to the top. Really? Yeah. It was like we changed. Huh. Whether it was from pride or from insecurity hmm. and self-doubt. Yeah, yeah. And everything mixed together. Yep. I don't know. But yeah. I don't, all I know is that we changed. Yeah. Every one of us changed. No kidding. And and that seed was still inside of me, you know, and he, yeah, I, from back in the day, yeah. Jesus. I yeah. never even told anybody. No kidding. What I did. Yep. The only thing, it's funny, but the only prayer I prayed was that I wouldn't go bald. <laughs> like I'm not even making a joke. And look at my hair. Yeah, I never prayed that prayer. I really should have. But you got the most. <laughs> but you, your head is shaped perfect. <laughs> So you got the perfect head for it. Okay, thanks. So uh, <laughs> honestly, I never prayed or told anybody I prayed that prayer. Oh. So, but, you know, all that whole time, I believe the Lord was in 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 me just like uh, helping me not feel satisfied with all wow. everything, you know, because he had something else for me. So life, though, at what, at what point, all of a sudden, things came crashing down that led you to Christ? Like, how in the world did you come... I would say almost back to him since you had this 12-year-old expression of faith. What is it that led you back to him? Touring is like being in a circus. You set up your, your show yep. and you you perform. You're an inter, you're entertainer. And um, it's, it's, it's a music industry, but it's also just as true to say it's entertainment industry because you're, you're an entertainer. Yep. And so doing the same thing every day, it wears on you. And that felt empty to me. And then the traps of just everybody wanting a piece of you, um, the drugs, you know, it just was hard to stay away from all that. Yeah. So then how, so what led you finally to a place where you're like, back to Christ? What was that? 
Well, it was a lot of things, but it was just the emptiness over and over throughout the years. And then I tried to get like a uh, hold on my addiction and alcoholism mm-hmm. and try to like get it under control so many times. And I just couldn't do it. And then something af- after the last time I got sober, something triggered me and just said, you know what? I'm just going to go huh. full on. And so I started partying every day. And then that turned like really stale pretty quick. And then what happened was I moved back to Bakersfield and I ended up linking up with some people that were uh, real estate, just tycoons, I guess, in the area. And they brought me in to do some deals with them. And they were Christians. Hmm. And they ended up inviting me to church a few times. And I, I made fun of them. I was like, I don't need that stuff, man. That's for people that are scared. But meanwhile, I was scared. <laughs> yeah. Because I was an addict and I couldn't quit. And uh, I ended up going to church with him. I said, all right, I'll go with you. And he picked me up. I was on meth all night long. And I'm a feeler. And I started feeling the the, the, the love of God. Wow. And I didn't know it was. I just, I thought it was just the, the music. I was like, that song's peaceful, you know? <laughs> and, but I felt something that day and... And it was just felt good. And then I started having these signs and wonders happen. Matthew, does it say Matthew there? Yeah. 1128? Yeah. Come to me, Jesus said. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And uh, I didn't know what it meant, but I just, I, I know I needed rest for my soul, for my emotions, for my mind. Yeah. So I started seeing that scripture everywhere. Huh. People started giving me the scripture. I'd get a gift, a Bible written i'd go to church and be up there and and the pastors and everybody was telling me that's god's telling you that's your verse that's yeah and so it tripped me out that god was real and oh. they were teaching me that god was real and it and it was really cool and i got like instantly addicted to that oh it was like i have an addictive personality but this is a healthy addiction yeah. you know yeah people are like you just traded that for religion i actually traded it for the meaning of life and, and, you know, what God is the meaning of life, you know? Yeah. And so. <laughs> Did you immediately uh, find freedom out of your drug addiction? So, yeah, I left that part out, the best part. <laughs> but uh, I went home and I was, I, I said, I said, Lord, I don't know how you hear this because I see a wall. Yeah. But I'm just praying to you right now because that guy said, pour out your heart. And I, I said, you know, I want to quit these drugs. And I had like a rolled up bill when I was going to snort a line of crystal. And I was praying. I'm like, I can't quit. Help me quit. Send me help. I need help. I can't quit. My daughter deserves a father that is healthy and is a good dad. And this one dude named Doug that I used to do crystal meth with, he was like, he got really dark with meth. And he was on my machine my voicemail machine, answer machine that we had back then. And he said, Brian, it's Doug. I haven't seen you forever. I heard you came to my church. Huh. God is real. God set me free. We need to connect. And it was just after I prayed. So I was like, whoa. And I asked for help. And this guy's calling me right away. And um, I connected with him. And um, I started going to church for like a month after I quit. And then some prophetic guy like 
said, hey, I feel like God's wanting me to tell you to clean out your house. And I went home and I started cleaning out anything that is like evil. <laughs> so it took me like six months. Just joking. <laughs> no, but I, I, I went up on my closet because that's where I did the meth, you know. And I I saw a first aid kit and I got it. And I, and I just opened, I just unzipped it. And a freaking eight ball of meth fell out. I was stashing eight balls in first aid kits. That's how tweaked I was. And... I should have thrown it away, but I, I, I went on one last binge, and I wasn't getting high the same way. I don't know what it was, if it was bad or if it was just God saying, "Hey, you're done, hmm. you're done, son." But uh, I did that and um, went back to church, told everybody what happened, and then just kept going, going, and then I found a little bit more about a month later, and then I remembered they said that Jesus fought the. You know, the enemy was with scripture. So I just looked at it and I was like, Lord, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I don't want to fall again. And then the scripture, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There it is right there. Came to me. And so I just started pacing in a circle. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then I had an idea. Pour it in the toilet. So I went to the toilet and went, shh. And that was the last time. Wow. Yeah. And that was it. And once I got past, because usually the Lord is not some fluffy, like, uh, weak individual. You know, he'll, he wants to lead us to our enemies so that we can face mm-hmm. what we need to face. Yeah, yeah. And we need to overcome it. So that was my overcoming. Yeah. I haven't seen meth in, in my possession or, like, in front of my eyes ever again since then. That's amazing. So then post... Post that, I mean, basically, you give your life to Christ. Now what happens with you and the band? Actually, the church was advising me to, you know, share my faith with my guys and everything. And one day I was hanging out with my friend's house, and I instantly had an, an inner knowing hmm. to leave everything well, and follow him to a place that, you know, I don't know where we're going to go. I had no plan, no plan B. Mm-hmm. But... uh yeah, I went home and I just, I told everybody I'm done. Don't contact me. I don't want to see you. Yeah. I love you. Good luck. Go your way. I'm going mine. Mm-hmm. And I quit. Wow. And that was it. That's good, man. So you're, uh, you do some of your side project stuff. You're like, you walked away from corn for a series of years. God's actually using you in powerful ways. You write this book. Um, and what was one of the, I don't know, did you have some moments where it's like, man, it was so evident the Holy Spirit was using us in terms of praying for people. I've saw some videos of you in, in some of these other movies of you guys praying over people and God just using you in powerful ways. What was what were some like highlight God moments uh, after you gave your life to Christ of how he's used you? Jeez, I can't even count how many. It's been amazing. But you know what's cool? The most dramatic things happen with some other Christians that I know that I bring around my atmosphere it's not it's not done through my hands usually yeah yeah. which is which i love because it's the body working together you know it's not a one-man show right right yeah so you were you were out of corn though for how how many years eight eight years how in the world did you get back into the band the lord ruined my testimony my whole testimony was i left everything and followed the lord away (laughs) from the money and fame yeah yeah 
And then he wanted to restore me into that, bring reconciliation to my brothers who I grew up with. Yeah. Change the atmosphere in the band where there's not, it's not about women and drugs anymore. And just be a, the only memories I have about God and corn is angry street preachers outside of our concerts saying that we're of the devil and everyone's going to hell. So he's like, I want a different story about who I am in there. <laughs> so that's how I look at it. He sent me back to be a testimony, but I was like the youth group hero for a while. You know, he left everything and followed Jesus. Yeah. So when I went back, a lot of those people that are just, you know, stuck in the church world, yeah, yeah. nothing wrong with that. Right. But we're, there's a big body of Christ and there's all kinds of different things that he's doing. Yeah. They didn't understand it. Those, you know, so I was like, that's how I joke. Yeah. The Lord ruined my testimony. <laughs> so yeah, it's, uh, it's but, been interesting. But I do think you going back to the band is more, almost more intense, more fascinating, kind of more amazing than you leaving the band. Because you walking away from the band is kind of like, okay, now that's over and done. Like Kind of like what you said, walking away from that. But now the bigger question, I think, is how do you live out your faith in corn that has a reputation of being kind of dark? and Or the, the atmosphere could be really dark. So how do you mesh those two worlds together? Um, yeah, it's not perfect. It's, it, it's, it's just what it is. It's like everyone's where they're at in life. And our singer, he, you know, he sings these songs that were birthed from a lot of pain from him mm. and people relate, you know, and there's a lot of believers out there that are corn fans now, you know, well, now God is like infiltrating That's in, right. in everything, you know, and it's like, it's about back then. When, when Paul talked about, you know, all of that stuff, it was he was talking to new believers that if they got around that stuff, they couldn't stay in the faith, you know. But Paul could be around all that stuff, you know. He could yeah. he could go to anybody and he wouldn't fall, you know. So the question is, are, are you going to grow to enough maturity where you can handle it? That's right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's, that's – but God's doing all kinds of cool stuff in sports and entertainment and freaking – Yeah. Everywhere. In opening – yeah, I, I – and I'm hearing that, like just stories kind of everywhere in terms of how God is now using individuals like yourself to shine light into kind of all environments, dark places, mm -hmm. though. Yeah. Do you feel like, um, is that a regular, is that a weekly opportunity for you to be able to be like, I can just be a light wherever I go um, and shine for Jesus kind of wherever I'm at? Or is that, is it a little rarer in terms of being the public eye? Yeah, it's like everybody knows. I'm the Jesus dude in the band. <laughs> yeah. If you could go back and tell yourself anything at age 20, what would you go back and tell yourself? Ooh. I would say that prayer you prayed when you were 12 was very, it's very real. Mm -hmm. If you just find out, ask God for help to die to your flesh and get close to him, you'll be way better off. <laughs> mm. Jesus, he's always there. He's never far from us. Every second, every moment of your life, he was always right there. We just can't perceive it. Yeah. And um, and if if you, you know, 
surrender and just lay your life down, he'll show you that he's real. Do you find laying your life down, is that still a daily thing for you? Um, Are there things that you feel like, man, I still have to continually surrender? Maybe my attitude, my pride, my... Yeah. Is it still a daily thing? It's not hard, though. It's like, it's really just like, after almost 20 years, mm-hmm. you just kind of, you're different nature, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like your nature's different. Your new creation, the old yeah. is gone. It's not like a... The new has come. Hard-knuckling it anymore. Yeah, 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 it's a new creation, and it's more like, it's just like it, you're in love with God and you just want to, like your wife, you just want to make her happy, right? Mm-hmm. And you enjoy it. It's not like, gosh, I got to do this for my wife. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> you know, it's like you love her, you want to. Right. That's right. what it's like. Yeah. You know? All right. Are you ready? Quick speed round. I've got seven questions for you really fast. Are you ready? Can you handle it? Oh, you didn't tell me those questions. Oh, I know, I know, I know. That's They're totally outside the box. Are you ready for it? Yeah. Okay, first one. Here we go. You were ranked number 26 of Guitars World's 100 Greatest Heavy Metal Guitarists of all time. That's pretty awesome. How much practice time genuinely has gone into getting you there? How much of it is like, man, I just, I, I picked up a guitar and I was natural versus like, no, I still sit down and I practice my scales. Ugh. When corn was like the biggest thing in metal, that's when that came out. Yeah, yeah. If you if they did that now, we wouldn't be on the list because we're not even, like the, the, the landscape of guitar playing is, is different now. It's all about the shredding. But early on, it was like hours. I would sit there and watch TV and just go, really just practice, you know, <laughs> solos and yeah, yeah. and scales. Get my finger, my fingers and my strumming hand up to up to uh, speed. But it's funny because I practice solos so much and we don't even do leads at all. That's funny. What's the next one? All right, here you go. Are you ready? What's the biggest crowd you've ever played for? Probably, I'm just guessing Woodstock '99, like 200 plus thousand people wow. in person. Yeah, yeah. And then another like multiple millions online uh pay-per-view oh no kidding pay-per-view so i don't even know how many yeah that's crazy all right number three you're all tatted up what's your favorite tattoo and why i always choose this arm and not because it goes together but jesus is up here the statue in rio Uh uh-huh yeah yeah my daughter's below him he's watching over her and then the the troubled, rejected youth down here. This is a corn album cover oh. called Untouchables. And then this one's not finished, Adonai. So yeah, that arm. Oh, that arm. I love it. You had to pick a whole arm. Oh. That's great. Uh, do you do your own shopping or do you have someone else do that for you? Like, do you go to the grocery store and buy your stuff or are you like, no, I get everything sent to my house? Because if you go out in public, are people like always stopping you? Since COVID started doing grocery delivery. Uh-huh. Just because I'm... Um, and because I live, so I live in Tennessee, but I also live in California, and I lived in Indiana, so I'm not here for long. Yeah, yeah. I'm always in and out, but uh, so I I never know where everything is in the grocery stores because I go to different grocery stores all the time. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. It's frustrating, so I like to. You just like just send it to my. Yeah, house. that's <laughs> what I do. That's awesome. Do you have any non? music related hobbies like are you a sleeper pickleball player off to the side i got it's a, no 
Besides heavy metal, if you had to play a completely different genre of music, what would you play? Well, the last one would be country. So, <laughs> oh, uh, all the country music fans are just like, oh. I just like to dig. All right, last question. Show us your. You got to teach us how do you headbang right? Well, I'm especially saying, a bald guy like me. Oh, uh, can, can I headbang with without yeah. hair? Yeah. But but in in 2019 I think it was I almost had neck surgery. What? Yeah, because because of headbanging. Yep. <laughs> it had to be from like years of abuse. Yeah. But um, so I learned. I learned how to like do it with my body. Yeah, yeah. Instead of my neck, because you had to like train for that. Yeah, I went saw I talked to like two surgeons and everything, and I had a Chris a Christian friend of mine said just hold off don't do it i don't think you should get surgery and i was like i have a tour coming up i have to yeah i said okay i'm gonna give it some time i'm gonna work with a chiropractor and i and i had these shirts made that said i broke my neck for you so just in case i didn't get healed i could just stand there yeah yeah but i got healed really yeah wow Praise, praise god yep that's awesome man we just covered all the subjects that was great yeah i appreciate that so much Good. I want to say now, like everyone, just give it up for Brian. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. If you'd like to partner with Lakeland in helping people follow Jesus, be changed by Jesus, and commit their lives to the mission of Jesus, you can contribute to the mission by visiting lakeland.church forward slash give.